All right, welcome back to On the Ground. My name is Ben. I'm here with Alex and Ryland, and we are uh, pastors at Hill City Baptist Church in Peterborough, Ontario. Um, oh, and also Malachi. Uh, we're going lo-fi today with our old microphone, so hopefully you can all hear us. Um, yeah, we'd like to apologize for the hiatus we've been on, but we're back, and we, we're actually dealing with quite a, a large subject, uh, one that uh, many people uh, are struggling with or have struggled with or perhaps are, are walking with people who are struggling with it, uh, and that is uh, depression. Um, so we're going to be tackling that uh, over the course of probably at least two episodes, maybe more, and uh, and hopefully this will be helpful. Again, please feel free to contact us with any questions, any comments, uh, anything you'd like clarification on. Uh, we'd be glad to hear from you. Um, so as, as far as depression goes, uh, maybe we could just lay some uh, groundwork, some foundation. Uh, when we're talking about depression, um, you know, some people tend to veer in their personalities towards uh, more melancholy. Some people are uh, perhaps struggling in the wake of grief. Uh, maybe there's a low pressure system moving in. People are feeling a little down. Are we including all of those things in depression or does, this, does depression always look a certain way? Mm -hmm. um, in his book on depression, Ed Welch, Helpfully, he says a couple helpful things, and I would commend that book to you. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things is that depression, he says it's not just depression as in, you know, do I have depression or do I not have depression? He says um, it's more helpful to talk about depressions. Hmm. And um, depression is more of a continuum. And, and I think this is helpful on the, one, on the one end being what might be described as situational. So this is in a response to uh, maybe a high-stress situation or life circumstance, perhaps um, a disappointment or a loss, um, you know, perhaps a health issue and, and an issue with brain chemistry, um, perhaps all of the above mixed together and, and uh, typically is diagnosed um, based on having a set of shared symptoms for several weeks, usually about two weeks, mm -hmm. American, um, is, yeah. So the other end of things would be what we call clinical depression. Mm. And that would be experiencing these symptoms over about a two-year period, okay. so a long time. And in other words, um, there's a continuum to this. So living as, as fallen creatures in a fallen world, um, depression is part of that experience. It is a form of suffering, and it is an inevitable form of suffering, and it has varying degrees to it. Um, and while there may be shared um, symptoms or experiences for people with varying degrees of depression, there's often uh, various, many different causes. Right. Um, so what would, yeah. what maybe are some of those symptoms? Uh, what, what would um, people who are struggling with kind of severe forms of depression, what, what, what does that look like? Uh, well, some of the, the symptoms, I'll just read some of the symptoms okay, yeah. that he lists. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, depressed mood most of the day, nearly every day. Um, you know, feeling sad or empty, mm. markedly diminished interest or pleasure in, in many, if not all, activities. Um, significant weight loss or weight gain. Um, insomnia, 
or hypersomnia nearly every day, um, fatigue or loss of energy nearly every day, feelings of worthlessness or excessive and inappropriate guilt nearly every day, uh, the diminished ability to think or concentrate, um, you know, characterized by indecisiveness, mm. you find it hard to make decisions, yeah. pull the trigger on things. Uh, even potentially recurrent thoughts of death and, and suicide. Mm. Um, you know, hopelessness, yeah, discouragement. Kind of pervasive despair. hopelessness, yeah. Yeah, and, and these things not only, uh, you know, come up in, a re, you know, in response to something and go away, but these are things that we would be characterized by. Mm. Um, it would, would be kind of how people think about depression. And, and these are these are things to some degree we all experience yes. and we are all capable yeah. of experiencing yeah. um, and some people you know, maybe we'll just wait till you ask your question yeah. to see where this goes okay. but I found that helpful yeah yeah for sure so we, we've talked in the past about um, technology uh, and how that perhaps contributes to some of the anxiety that's going on do you guys think there are 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 specific challenges to our time and place in history um, that make depression a, a more common condition? Because it does seem like within the last 10, 20 years, mm -hmm. um, may, maybe more people are just talking about it, mm -hmm. but it seems to be a more common thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so one of the things we want to say from the outset is that um, de depression is very complex, and depression is common. Um, and so there's no one there's no one answer yeah. to these things. Yeah. And what, we're not trying to do that mm -hmm. in this podcast. We're not trying to say here is the cause of everyone's yeah. depression and here is the cure of yeah. it. Um, so we're, we're not trying to be reductionistic. But I think there's some things generally we can speak to with with our culture. Um, if we if we back up a little bit on a uh, macro level. Our culture doesn't know what a human is. And if you don't understand what a human is, even specifically that we are both physical and spiritual creatures. We look at the formation of Adam, that, this, that God breathed into him, that the spirit breathed in him, and he became a living soul. Um, that the humanity is a combination, a somewhat mysterious and complex combination of both body and spirit, mm -hmm. if we don't understand, if we don't even have a category for human beings as spiritual creatures, how will we diagnose? Yeah, um, That's like, you, you know, you don't believe in hands and someone has arthritis. Like, how will you be able to help them? You know what I mean? If, if their wrists hurt and you don't even acknowledge that they have limbs. So depression is not always... Um, uh, have, it doesn't always have spiritual causes, but but like everything in life, depression is always spiritual. Mm -hmm. And some people um, kind of miss this point. And it's like with cancer, which is a physical problem, uh, we would we would as Christians, we wouldn't blame cancer on spiritual issues uh, necessarily, but we would say that we want to care for you as an entire human being this time. We want to pray for you. We want to minister the word to you. We want to make sure your soul is being satisfied in God, that you're being strengthened by the grace that he gives. And in other words, we deal with physical suffering um, with spiritual means as well, as well as physical means. Mm. 
So I think part of the reason it's so, I don't know if it's why it's so prevalent, but one of our challenges in dealing with it is that we've essentially removed major components to helping people suffer. Yes. By, by not thinking through things in a spiritual Yeah, sense. and I think it's, it's, it's probable that even that, that our preoccupation with, um, you know, correcting chemical imbalances in the mm -hmm. brain, let's reduce this all to biology. Yeah. And, and even our culture's preoccupation with materialism, yeah. right? Um, um, I need to just buy stuff to, to make me feel happy. We, we don't even have a category for, well, should I be nourishing myself spiritually as well. We don't have a category for that. And so when you only see yourself as, as a material that, that can only be happy with materials, uh, mm -hmm. you, you run into a dead end pretty quickly yeah. that, and despair following that. Yeah. And Christians don't need to downplay or ignore the physical nature no. of mental health issues no, or depression. No, there's dangers on both extremes. Yeah, yeah. and we, we know, we should know, I mean, we are fallen creatures, mm -hmm. which means our bodies are fallen. Christians don't believe that we have, you know, that this world and creation is perfect, but it's just a secret spiritual hidden part of us that needs renewal, that we've, we believe the Bible teaches that all of creation, Paul says, is groaning. That <clears throat> death, which is our great enemy and a result of sin, um, is physical as well, and that our bodies are decaying. That means things like our minds um, are broken. You know, the, the, the brain chemistry functions of our brain are broken, and that impacts us. And there are physical solutions to that. We know that um, even things that you can do physically can help your mental health. Mm -hmm. We think about yes. diet and exercise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, you know, what we need to be, some of the first questions we need to ask is like, what are we eating and are we exercising? This won't necessarily cure everything. But the fact that we hesitate with that shows we've kind of reduced our view of humanity. Another thing I thought of is not only neglecting the spiritual and actually neglecting the physical as well, we don't have the mechanisms to deal with um, depression. So let me give you an example. Our culture, people, everyone knows this, is becoming increasingly isolating. Yes. So. Um, it is a major problem on university campuses to get students out of their residence. Mm -hmm. You know, it is a challenge in cities. I mean, I go to Toronto once a week, and it's crazy how you can be around millions of people and feel entirely alone. Yeah. And the idea of a neighborhood, the idea of neighbors mm -hmm. even, the idea of long-term relationships, the idea of being known um, in ways that people in the past have been known is very foreign now. And this, you know, kind of the picture of sitting on the bus and everyone has their headphones and a cell phone. Yes. Um, that is our culture. Yeah. But that is deeply dehumanizing. Yes. And if in grief um, and suffering and brokenness of body and mind, if these are all part of our experience as humans, um, you know, we need the fellowship and the community and the support and the burden bearing and the comfort that we can only find through interaction with others. Mm. And I mean, and we'll get to it more specifically, maybe even in the next time, but like, there's no one quick fix. Yeah. Well, really for anything in our yeah. life. Hard, there's hardly one answer for anything in our life. And the way that we change and grow and um, is often very complex. Yes. And it's, but as we think through com Christian community, mm. 
Uh, why is why is depression and other mental health issues? Why are they such a struggle today? Well, people don't have the community uh, that we need in order to not just fix these things, because sometimes they won't be, and often they won't be, um, but to walk with people through them. Yes. And what we do is we are isolated and we are alone, which depression in particular goes that route. Depression mm -hmm. is very isolating. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't have the mechanisms and the relational structures in your life to have people speaking encouragement to you, to have people speaking the truth to you instead of the lies that you believe, I mean, it's just a downward spiral. Yes, yeah, those are two huge things. So uh, a misunderstanding of of human nature, yeah. um, that we are we are both soul and body. And also this, this um, displacement that we're, we're, we don't see ourselves as part of any bigger story than our yeah. own selves and our isolated existence. Ed Welsh um, <clears throat> also, he lists two more that I think are helpful. The other thing is, is kind of um, the emphasis on, we're a decision-making culture, mm. where many years ago it was decided what you would be before you were even born. You'd mm. follow in your dad's footsteps, you'd get a career, it was all planned out for you. Now, there's a tremendous pressure on youth to be deciding what they're going to be, what they're going to do, all mm. of these decisions from a very young age. Uh, and, and that, they're seeing depression symptoms in very young children. Well, why is that? And he says that might be a symptom as well. He also talks about kind of a backlash of, of the self-esteem movement, mm. where, you know, if whatever you want to be, yeah. whatever you want to do, you can do. Yeah. And kids grow up thinking that, oh, well, I guess I can just be whatever I want to be. Yeah. And then they run into the cold face of reality, and yeah. that doesn't happen. And then you feel like a failure because everyone yeah. was telling you you could be whatever you want and, to be. And everyone else is successful except me. Yeah. And then it's perpetuated by our social media infatuation. It's yeah, like absolutely. you're looking at the best parts of people's lives, and that's not my reality. There must be something wrong. Yeah. And that was the last thing I just wrote down is the expectation... <coughs> in you know this generation in this part of the world is that i will be successful mm. but that's a that's a that's got to be a recent and local idea very much because yeah. if you grow up in suffering mm. if you grow up in war if you grow up in poverty if you grow up in uh, famine and all of these things you don't have the expectation that a healthy human being is one who is free from suffering in general yes and and here even emotionally healthy and one of the reasons I think scripture is, one of the reasons I just believe the Bible is I read the Bible and like, this is existence. Mm. And the Bible is so real about the human existence, which is characterized by suffering. And, and if you don't understand that from an early age, that, that if you are not taught that your life will be suffering, here's how you cope with that grief and that loss and that disappointment. And so many of us, you know, become so discouraged um, just because our expectations aren't met, that the life that we wanted, we expected, we don't have. Yeah. And we don't, we haven't been taught to grieve. But if you read through the Psalms, if you read through Lamentations, if you read through Job, if you read through, and what I just listed to you is, is a massive portion of scripture. Yeah. That's a huge amount of the words in the Bible. Ecclesiastes. Mm -hmm. um, just look at the life of Jesus, a man of sorrows, acquainted with, with grief. Um, like Central to our understanding of reality in this world ought to be a, a, an honest look at suffering. 
Yeah. As a community, how do we express these things? How do we name them? How do we help each other in them? But I think a lot of people in this time don't even know how to put to words what it is that they feel. And there's, there's no place to, to talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the Psalms, David is constantly expressing his grief. Right on. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it'd be helpful to you to add a bit of a, a caveat to that. On the one hand, what you said about that it's, it's central to the human experience to suffer. That is true, but that's true of the, the current human experience too. That, it, that in this world, that is central um, to what we experience and face. Um, that Christ came into this world and the world will be made new, which is an important thing to, to hold on to. Um, but on the other side of that, um, it can make it feel either one of two ways. Either that it's, it's sort of, it's so normal, it almost isn't worth, a, like, it's just something we kind of deal with. I think you're, one of your questions even said that. Do we just kind of like, get over it and get back to the mm-hmm. whatever of life. Um, but the, the other side, too, is uh, I know, while you were talking, Alex, I think your, one of your questions addresses this too, Ben, is, well, is, is anxiety and depression, uh, is it sinful? If it's part of this sinful, broken world, I think that's an important, maybe a thing we could discuss right now. And I would say it's not. I would say it happens as a response, possibly, to sin. We could feel depressed or anxious about it. Um, and we could be tempted through depression and anxiety to sin, but we wouldn't necessarily call the experience of suffering a sinful thing. Would you guys agree with that? Yes. Well, it's, it's an inevitable part of, of living under a cursed world. The, I mean, you can't, I don't think you could say anything. I mean, sometimes suffering is part of our sin. It's the yeah. consequences of our sin. Yeah, the consequences. Of uh, and sometimes it's an inevitable, inevitable part of, of being mm-hmm. a broken world. Yeah, I, I think I'm trying to I'm trying to get at the fact that uh, somebody who is feeling that way might be feeling that the feeling itself is somehow sinful, as opposed to what causes the feeling is sinful. So um, um, perhaps it's the hopelessness that we have. And well, uh, what is your hope based upon? Mm-hmm. Well, that might be the reason uh, that you're feeling um, hopeless is because you've put your hope in something that is not. You ought not to, right. yeah. but not not to not to castigate or put down people who for the feeling itself, mm-hmm. for the struggle itself. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm just as you're thinking. So well, when someone's in the thick of of, of depression, uh, there's a pervasive hope, hopelessness, um, this kind of darkness that doesn't seem to lift. Uh, it can be. We want to get out of that as soon as we can. And that can, um, whenever we're experiencing pain of any kind, we want to kind of get out of there and back to normal life as soon as possible. And I think sometimes the danger in that is, you know, I I need to go to the doctor, I need to get medication. I want this just to go away uh, as soon as possible. But as as Christians, we would say the Bible speaks to all of life. There's there's no section, no no suffering, as you were saying, Ali, it addresses it head on. and, and you've already mentioned a few portions in, in the Bible um, that kind of address, but maybe we could flesh that out a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, in, in what kind of specific ways does, does the Bible uh, encourage us in the midst, in the thick of depression? One thing I think of 
one story I think about, you know, how God deals with this, and I can't overstate this enough, there's literally probably thousands of ways God deals with this, yeah. and that's, you know, part of what we're trying to do is not come in and give you three things for, we're trying to say, get away from that kind of thinking, mm -hmm. that you don't know that when you actually show up in the deepest darkness you experience, and you decide to go to hang out with another Christian, you walk out, you don't know the hundreds of things that God could have done in your life through what they said, through the fact that you got out of your room, through the, like, yeah. there are so many things that God does, and we won't know what those things did and how they changed us, if ever, at least until we look back from, from glory. Mm -hmm. So we, we just want to get from reductionistic thinking, but I love the story of Elijah. Yes. I love the story of Elijah when he was so discouraged yeah. and despairing and he was on the run and he's done what the Lord's asked him to and it seems like an utter failure and he's under an enormous amount of stress and anxiety. His life is literally in danger. And he just gets to the place where he wants to die. Yeah. He, he actually just curls up and wants to die. Strong man of God, prophet. Oh, strong yeah. man of God, prophet, yeah. And... Um, he, he won. He just has this moment of extreme weakness and overwhelmedness. Um, I love how God responds to him mm -hmm. in his kindness and mercy. And one of the first things he does is he gives him food and rest. And so this is what we're talking about. It's that we are physical and spiritual. And these things impact the other in ways that are mysterious to us. And we need to, we need to just think holistically. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when we're depressed, maybe what we need is more sleep at night. I'm not saying that's the only issue, um, but but let's let's try that. Let's go to bed. Let's have a uh, no screen time after dinner. Um, let's let's have a time of a routine that we need. Um, the the other thing people many studies have recognized is that the lack of routine is one of the biggest contributors to anxiety and depression. Yeah. And our culture has no routine. Here's looking at the interns. Um, a bedtime. <laughs> Low blow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when do we go to bed? Well, we have lights. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't come home and put, on a, put a candle and it's dark out so the, the night tells us to go to bed. Yeah. yeah. You know, Netflix bids us and our, our screens and, and no routine. Well, that's, that's really bad for your health. So God feeds him and gives him rest. You know, maybe you need to adjust your diet. If you're living off of, like, you know... Doritos? Doritos, simple carbs, and uh, unhealthy food, like, that's going to have a really bad yeah. impact on you. Yeah. And, but I just love that story, that there, yes. are, there are... Yeah, he's, he is emotionally distraught, um, and he is physically unwell. Mm -hmm. And the Lord deals with both. And he comes back, and he gives him a promise. You know, there are 7,000 who have not bent the knee. And he gives, he speaks the truth of God's word and his promise and his faithfulness that he is not, that Elijah's thoughts were actually wrong. Um, they weren't true. But, but before he did that, he, you know, he gave him rest yeah. and food. And that's instructive to us. It is very. Um, and just something you mentioned there, which, which may follow that, but is also helpful to understand is, is, it's so hard when you're in the midst of it to not put all of the weight on your feelings. I am yeah. feeling like this, uh, then this is how it is, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and even in the Psalms, you have kind of this raw 
emotional vent of, yeah. of Lord, it seems like uh, the unjust are winning, um, the godly are, uh, are, there's no more in the land, uh, my heart's in complete distress because of my sin, I'm never going to come back to you. Um, but then you have, uh, you know, near the end, kind of David comforting himself in, in the truth, in, in the eternal realities of, of who God is, mm-hmm. and, and of his steadfast love, and of his mercy. That, that is renewed every day. Mm-hmm. And, and that seems to be the catalyst in some of those psalms for bringing him out, oh, kind yeah. of reminding him of, of the way things are. What is this psalm? Martin Lloyd-Jones, I think, is the one who did a series on depression. And Martin Lloyd-Jones, mm. if I'm correct, was a medical doctor. Yes. And went into ministry. Yep. And he talks about, this is off the, the cuff, so forgive me for not having the reference. Um, what is the psalm where David says, um, soul, why are you downcast? Why yes. are you downcast, my soul? Is that 51? I... No, it's like Psalm 140-something. Yeah, the amazing thing is David speaks to himself. Yes. And one thing Martin Lloyd-Jones says is we need to learn the discipline of speaking to ourselves and not just listening to ourselves. And this kind of relates to your first question with our culture. We are taught that we ought to, at all costs, listen to ourselves. Mm-hmm. That is terrible advice for not only sinful, but just fallen people, that we don't have the information we need to have a full, accurate view of reality. You know, you, you come in, say you, you went for a job interview and you don't get it, you don't get it. And you have those thoughts in your head, like, I am just a failure, yeah. I'm never gonna get work. Yeah. Um, all of the work I've done, my education is wasted. You're thinking and you're believing, you come home, you talk to a friend, you talk to your spouse, and they just give you a, a piece of reality no, that's not true. You know, you have another interview next week. You're qualified for this job. Mm-hmm. You know, um, those things that you were believing that were shaping you and, and guiding your emotions and your decisions were just wrong. And you needed someone to help you to not believe those things. And uh, so I find that helpful. What psalm is it? 43. And what, can you read it, Rylan? Just that part? Yeah, or a couple it's only of verses. five verses. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send out your light and your truth and let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to mm-hmm. your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I again shall praise him, mm-hmm. my salvation and my God. So he's not only, you know, saying, why are you cast down? But he's commanding himself to hope in God. And I think when we are depressed is when we are most susceptible um, to be listening to ourselves and not speaking to ourselves. And, and we need others to come around us and encourage us to speak the truth in love. We need the discipline to, to say, I'm not going to just listen to everything I think and feel. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, choose to put my hope in God. And that's, a, that's the time when it's the most difficult to do that. Yes. And so, yeah, we need to just summarize what you said. We need a category for speaking to ourselves and mm. not just listening to ourselves. Mm. And we need help to do that. Yes, absolutely. I think functionally, just to add to that too, that happens in having an honest prayer with God. Yeah. yeah. It happens when we right. uh, when we actually stop. And and uh, David Pallison 
uh, has a really helpful thing. He says, get away from the smarmy just release when you're praying. Yeah. And actually just say what you want to say to God. Yes. Mm. Uh, you know, don't just say, I just really want to be this or better or whatever. Actually say, you know, this is wrong. Yes. This is what's hurting. This is... That's helpful. That yeah. is, yeah. yeah. And honest prayer goes a long way. Absolutely. And, and, and it also means that we have honest relationships with other people and other Christians. And I would say meaningful membership where um, you have people who know you and, and, can, and just like you were saying, can speak into you in the midst of it. Um, comforting yourself with the truth of God and, and, and having others just confront you with, uh, with just the reality of the way things are. Uh, that's huge. And often in depression, you don't feel like you want to see anybody. Mm. Um, but it's in those moments, even just coming out or, or giving someone a call, um, just that someone's there walking with you and knows you, uh, mm. it, it's also really important. And, and praise with you when you cannot pray. Yes. You know, because... Part of this is you just you feel like you cannot engage at all in anything that's good for you, whether yeah. it's eating good food or getting exercise. All the things that you need that you know are good for you are so unattainable. Yeah. And part of the benefit to Christian community is not just that we're around each other, you know, saying um, like the personal trainers, like one more rep, you know, but we are there like lifting with you, you know, as scriptures say bearing one another's burdens comforting others with the comfort you have received, um, just praying for people who can hardly utter the words. Um, yeah, that's, that's just a huge part of it. Yeah. I, I, it reminds me of one story about Martin Luther, actually, who was himself prone to pr uh, bouts of serious depression. One time his friends came over. I guess he was in a, a like, kind of a band, mm. and they'd have their instruments and play together, and they came in, and Luther was just lying on the floor, utterly despondent, utterly despairing, um, they couldn't get anything out of him. So his, his three friends just started playing their instruments and they kind of rallied around him and they were just playing and here's Luther on the floor. It's, qu it's quite a picture. But eventually after a few songs, Luther kind of revives and, yeah. uh, and kind of picks up his instruments and starts playing along with them. Uh, Rip the sweet <laughs> mandolin solo. <laughs> yeah, or a lute or whatever they had. Like. Yeah. Um, well, this is, I think this has been a, a good conversation. Obviously, I think we're gonna continue this next yes. week. There's some more questions. Um, uh, specifically Christians suffering depression, um, kind of uh, how can we help each other through this? But I think this is a good start, good foundation. Uh, so we'll, we'll tie it off there and we'll see you again next week.